listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Oh, come on, people. Let's declare He is worthy. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all glory. He is worthy of all honor. He is the great I Am. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He created heaven and earth. He created you. There is nothing about you that He does not know. I love the line in the song that we were singing before. It says, you heal because you love. And that's the most wonderful thing we can take away today. It doesn't matter what you're going through. He heals because he loves. He loves you today. He loves you each and every day. Great is his faithfulness. He heals because he loves. Now, it might not go exactly like you want it to go, because it's on his timing, it's on his schedule, and it's accordance to his plan and his purpose for your life. But I can promise you this, Megan was singing, and she says, how can we not trust you? His thoughts towards you are for only good, not for evil. He has a plan and a future and a hope for you. Can you all say amen to that? Amen, amen, amen. Well, you can be seated. Um, We've got a bit of a special uh, day for you today. We have um, a tag team. And so I'm going to call Sean and Shannon and Jeremy up for you today. Um, While they're coming up, I want to share a scripture. Um, Lamentations. You know, Jeremiah was mourning because he was watching his whole nation under a state of destruction. And he was mourning because he saw the people suffering and, and he saw so much that was hurting his heart. But he came away and he says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. So I just wanted to, I said a little bit earlier, and I want to encourage you today. It doesn't matter what you are going through. The Lord has you in the palm of his hand. Great is his faithfulness. His tender mercies are new every morning. And the one thing I can say about... um, the three that are going to be speaking today for Sean, for Jeremy, for Shannon, I can tell you that they have walked through some difficult seasons in their life, but they understand the meaning of that scripture, that his tender mercies are new every morning. So it doesn't matter how badly you mess up in your life. If you repent and you go before the heavenly father, he says, I want to heal you because I love you. And my tender mercies towards you are very great. My faithfulness towards you is very great. And so I want you to put your hands together for Sean. Sean is leading out. Oh, you need the mic, Sean? My name is Sean. I don't know who you are. Wasn't that awesome praise and worship service? Everything is focused towards God. Not us, not our shortcomings, but everything is focused towards God, who he is to us, in us, through us, for us. Isn't that awesome? 
when we get our eyes off ourselves and our shortcomings and we get our eyes on what he's done it's powerful it breaks every piece of bondage I mean you just focus on God what he's done his love coming at us like a freight train I love it I love it I love it that wasn't my 10 minute start that was just <laughs> okay but I'm gonna go quick here Okay, so I got a scripture, 1 John 2, 1, 2, 1 to 2. We continually have a forgiving Redeemer. He is always forgiving us. He sits in a place of forgiveness towards us. We are forgiven at all times. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's my opener. I'm, a couple of months back, maybe four months, I was in Costa Rica doing a mission trip. And it was probably the best mission trip I had been on been on a lot of them and it was so awesome it was like I was in a bubble and I just saw God's love I saw it I just knew it I had a knowing on the inside of me which I didn't have and it was it was there I saw it and uh, I seen things in myself I seen things that God wanted me to see for people to help them to speak to minister whatever I was doing whatever whether I was ministering or helping I seen I just seen it all through God's eyes. And as I was there, it was like this van. We were in a van. There was like eight of us driving through the country of Costa Rica. And we went ocean to ocean, top to bottom in Costa Rica. We got pulled over by the army, uh, the army in Panama. Where's your passports? None of us had our passports. But praise God, he got us through. Because the interpreter said something. He's like, praise God, have a good day. So we got to go... Um, it was so wonderful for me to be in that place. I looked around myself, seeing the whole team that I was with. <laughs> Praise God. And I just loved it. I was in my atmosphere. I was in my element. I saw every piece of person that was there doing their part. And I was just like, wow, God. As we were cruising through the mountains, seeing stuff, and I was like, so happy this hat this, this joy on the inside of me <laughs> it was so good anyways so i came back and i was like still riding on that high and it's like please don't end i don't want this high to end i was like just flowing in the spirit and everything and now before i as i was there in costa rica i worked hard i worked really hard to connect with god it was so hard. Some days I was just like, okay, okay. You know, it, it, I had to work hard to, to connect, to stay connected. Because I wanted to say what God wanted me to say. Not what Sean wanted to say. And so I wanted to be effective. There's a scripture in John 5.19. It'll somewhat speak to that. It says, so Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my his own initiative i only do the works that i see the father doing for the son does the same works as his father and so i wanted to do that i wanted to do what god wanted me to do i wanted to do what i saw god do in my heart because he as i was ministering as i was going about i was seeing what god wanted me to do i was seeing who god was touching i was seeing all these things i was ministering out of what i saw god do and i wanted i didn't want that to stop and so I worked hard. And when I got back, 
I didn't work so hard anymore. I kind of let it go. I just started back to the old TV. Chicago Fire, yes! My favorite show. Watched all the seasons twice. And I stopped getting in my Bible. Stopped. I started getting an attitude. I started getting, oh, well, I did some holy stuff today. I went to church. Oh, I can do a movie and a super big gulp. <laughs> yeah, super big gulps. Not that thin for nothing. But anyways, I just stopped doing what I know God was telling me to stop doing. And I started doing those things again. And the attitude was, well, if I had church, I could, I could, I could delve into these things. And what it was doing, it was stealing my, stealing my focus off of God back onto things of the, that, were, that were sin for me. May not be for you, but they were for me. They were tripping me up. They were, I made them idols in my life. They were my idols. I could not stop. I could not. I'm having, right now my family holds me accountable on Dr. Pepper. And you, you may think it's funny, but I'm serious. My son and my daughter are saying no, no, no. Because that for me is something that I've made an idol. And I know that God has been speaking to me for over and over. Stop that, Sean. And so, Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know to whom you present yourselves to obey? You are that one's slave when you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Oh man, time's going so fast here. So, anyways, I'm going to move along. I, I, I saw the way I was going and I, and I didn't like it. And I, and I got myself into depression. I got into fear, you know, because I'm, I'm up here doing stuff. And I get up, come up here in my own strength, not God's strength. Because why? Because I'm not doing what I need to be doing with God. I'm pressing into Sean's things, not God's things. When you press into God's things, he's right there. He's always there anyways. I mean, listen to the songs. Last night I was singing to God in my room and all I could hear is, I'm not alone. How many people are out there? You got an army out there? Well, I'm not alone. David walked onto the field, not alone. He slung that rock, not alone. Who was with him? The power, the presence of God. And that defeated Goliath. Right? And that's the same with us. We are not alone people. You know, God is, as he's changing things in me and wanting me to let go of things, it's kind of like, he went silent on me and I can't see him no more. And then I get nervous. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. You're not there. Where is he, God? Fear, rejection. What? What? Don't you love me no more, God? What, what's happening? And that's how I feel. And that's how it feels for me. And God knows that. And that's why God says, put that away, Sean. That's what's tripping you up. Put that away. And it's like I'm going through this pressure cooker. And it's so hard and I, I don't want to do this, but I've already said I'm going to do it. And I want to quit because I want to run away from it. Because I don't feel that supernatural anointing that I like to feel and the downloads that God gives me. I don't feel that. All I feel is afraid to get up here and present the gospel. And God's saying, I want you delivered from that, Sean. I'm trying to help you here. Put that away. 
And so it's a pressure cooker time for me. It hurts. It's hard. But I, 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 I slowly begin to obey. And then things get easier. And all of a sudden it's like, hi, Sean. Oh, he's buried your back. No, I was always there. You just weren't hearing me. You weren't listening to me. You were listening to your problems. You were listening to your downfalls. You were listening to your lack of what you, the, the, the identity you, that, you, that you consider your own, which is not yours. I am your identity. My love is your identity. But I'm looking at my old identity because I'm alone again because I don't feel that ooey gooey. And so God is continually, continually drawing me forward and it doesn't feel good all the time. Now I want to read this scripture to you. I already did that one. Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Peace. He restores my soul. Wow. He sets me free from sin. He restores my soul. The part that gets fearful, the part gets rejected, he restores that in me. That's the best. He's restoring my soul. He's restoring our souls. Always. 1 John 3, 1. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us. Oh, oh my goodness. And made us his very own beloved children. Isn't that awesome? Adam, isn't that awesome? 1 John 4, 9. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. Wow. When you're walking in God's love, you're walking in your identity. You know for a fact that God loves you. And when you know God loves you, you know... that 10 minutes? Well, hallelujah, praise God. These three other pages... You know, I'm just so thankful that the Holy Spirit is continually nudging me forward into what God has for me. And even listening to the worship today, my focus needs to change. Our focuses need to change. They need to focus on God. Colossians 2.15 Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us to accuse us and by the power of the cross Jesus led them around as prisoners in procession of triumph he was not their prisoner they were his he broke the power of sin and death and the repercussions of sin and death over us amen I'm done Thank you for sharing, Sean. I really appreciated that. It was very good. You know, um, as Sean was talking there, what I, the one thing that stuck out to me as he's talking about focus is the process that that takes in our lives. 
It's not an overnight thing. It's something that we walk out in our walk with God. It's something that we need to continually work at and trust in God. Um, so as I'm trying to think of what to speak uh, here, <laughs> it, was, it was quite a process trying to find um, what to minister today. Um, someone told me this week that they were interested to find out what I was going to share. Well, that makes two of us. Uh, in my typical fashion, I started several outlines and I switched several times as different verses took hold of my interest. Um, but the latest tangent I traveled down in preparation today uh, was the topic of patience. I just wish I had reached it a little bit sooner. Um, now, patience is an ideal to hold in your heart, a virtue to be known for, and an action that must be common practice in our lives. Patience is defined as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. And there is no shortage of examples in the Bible due to time. I can't go through them. Um, but from Abraham, his patience for God to give him a son, David's patience to step into his position as king, and Israel's trust and patience waiting for the Messiah. In the instant society that we live in today, it is almost second nature to be impatient. That frustrating rotating circle on your phone or computer as your page loads, the driver that you're stuck behind that dares to do exactly the speed limit, or even the frustration you feel at your coffee shop as it takes a little longer to make your drink that has countless substitutions. Now maybe you can't relate to all of these, but I'm sure we can all think of a few examples of our own. The first area of patience that I would like to talk about briefly is patience with the plan of God. Now sometimes God's plan will seem stretched out further than what seems comfortable to us. Sometimes God's plan seems to be a broken road that we would not have chosen for ourselves. And sometimes we have to suffer through things that at the time we simply cannot understand. Uh, in Philippians 4, 11 to, th 11 to 13, it says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is able to do all things and be content through Christ. Paul went through many trials and hardships and still had patience. He accepted delay, trouble, and suffering and looked to God in spite of what was going on. God does not promise your whole life will be perfect, but he promises to always be present in it. Just like the song says, the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Christ will be with us through the fires of life. And we must remain patient in all circumstance so that God can be glorified in our lives. The second area that I want to bring up quickly is patience with fellow believers. While patience in relation to God's plan is difficult, uh, what Paul says in Ephesians 4, 1 and 2 may be more difficult. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, being patient with our fellow Christians is summed up in Galatians 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
When we see other Christians making poor choices, be forgiving, be encouraging, and most of all, be patient. When you see a Christian brother or sister fall, help them up and be patient with them in their times of trouble. It is easy to expect instant change in other people. We're used to seeing character development happen in a two-hour movie, so why can't the person in the other row change faster? It reminds me of a story of a father and son that I'm going to share with you. So there was once a fellow who, with his dad, farmed a little piece of land. Several times a year, they would load up the old ox-drawn cart with vegetables and go to the nearest city to sell their produce. Except for their name and the patch of ground, the father and son had little in common. The old man believed in taking it easy. The boy was usually in a hurry, the go-getter type. One morning, bright and early, they hitched up the ox to the loaded cart and started on the long journey. The son figured that if they walked faster, kept going all day and night, they'd make it to the market by early the next morning. So he kept prodding the ox with a stick, urging the beast to move on. Take it easy, son, the old man said. You'll last longer. But if we get to the market ahead of the others, we'll have a better chance of getting good prices, argued the son. No reply. The dad just pulled his hat down over his eyes and fell asleep on the seat. Itchy and irritated, the young man kept goading the ox to walk faster. His stubborn pace refused to change. Four hours and four miles later down the road, they came to a little house. The father woke up, smiled and said, here's your uncle's place. Let's stop in and say hello. But we've lost an hour already, complained the hotshot. Then a few more minutes won't matter. My brother and I live so close, yet we see each other so seldom. The father answered slowly. The boy fidgeted and fumed while the two old men laughed and talked away almost an hour. On the move again, the man took his turn leading the ox. As they approached a fork in the road, the father led the ox to the right. The left is the shorter way, said the son. I know it, replied the old man, but this way is much prettier. Have you no respect for time? The young man asked impatiently. Oh, I respect it very much. That's why I like to use it to look at beauty and enjoy each moment to the fullest. The winding path led through graceful meadows, wildflowers, and along a rippling stream, all of which the young man missed as he churned within, preoccupied and boiling with anxiety. He didn't even notice how lovely the sunset was that day. Twilight found them in what looked like a huge, colorful garden. The old man breathed in the aroma, listened to the babbling brook, and pulled the ox to a halt. Let's sleep here, he sighed. This is the last trip I'm taking with you, snapped the son. You're more interested in watching sunsets and smelling flowers than in making money. Why, that's the nicest thing you've said in a long time, smiled the dad. A couple of minutes later, he was snoring as the boy glared at the stars. The night dragged slowly and the sun was restless. Before sunrise, the young man hurriedly took his father and shook him awake. They hitched up and went on. But about a mile down the road, they happened upon another farmer, a total stranger, trying to pull his cart out of a ditch. Let's give him a hand, whispered the old man. And lose more time, the boy exploded. Relax, son. You might be in a ditch sometime yourself. 
We need to help others in need. Don't forget that. The boy looked away in anger. It was almost eight o'clock that morning by the time the other cart was back on the road. Suddenly, a great flash split the sky, and what sounded like thunder followed. Beyond the hills, the sky grew dark. Looks like a big rain in the city, said the old man. If we had hurried, we'd almost be sold out by now, grumbled the son. Take it easy, you'll last longer, and you'll enjoy life much more, counseled the kind old gentleman. It was late in the afternoon by the time they got to the hill overlooking the city. They stopped and stared down at it for a long, long time. Neither of them said a word. Finally, the young man put his hand on his father and said, I see what you mean, Dad. They turned their cart around and began to roll slowly away from what had once been the city of Hiroshima. We saw through the sun in the story that impatience discards the past, ignores the present, and fills the future with selfish plans. Patience remembers God's goodness in the past, trusts in God's love in the present, and is content. So my encouragement to you today is this. Be patient and content where you are in your walk with God. Allow God to change you and develop you on His timeline and through the power of His Holy Spirit, your helper. Be patient and content with your fellow believers. Trust that God is working in their hearts the same way He is working on yours. Bear up one another and encourage each other. I want to read again the, the words in Ephesians one more time. As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. I'm going to finish off with a quote from Robert Louis Wilkin, a professor of the history of Christianity. The singular mark of patience is not endurance or fortitude, but hope. To be impatient is to live without hope. Patience is grounded in the resurrection. It is a life oriented towards a future that is God's doing. And its sign is longing, not so much to be released from the ills of the present, but in anticipation of the good to come. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> For those of you who don't know, that was Jeremy. Awesome job. And I'm Shannon. And I'm super excited to be here with you today. Um, I had a really tough time deciding what to talk about as well. And then God said to me, it's Father's Day. Show them my Father's heart. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I've asked four men to help me. Um, so Cliff, Adam, Troy, and Sean, if you could make your way to this side, that would be lovely. We're going to have a little bit of fun. So while they're walking up, I wanted to do like a TikTok blind reaction. So each of them know I'm asking them a question, but they don't know what the question is. They did not get it in advance. So we'll see how this goes. All right, Sean, you get to go first, lucky you. Um, your teenager was at a study date, but it's now two o'clock in the morning and they called for a ride. They actually have been at a party and they're drunk. Do you go get them? Yes. Thank you. Adam, your child just came home from school. They're asking for a snack. It's 3.30 and you know supper isn't until 7. 
do you give them a snack? Yes. <laughs> Is it Brussels sprouts and liver? No. <laughs> Troy, you promised your child a new bike. Money is tight, and you will have to give up buying yourself lunches for several months to afford it. Would you give up your lunches? Yes, I would. Cliff, you get the hardest one. <laughs> He said thank you. <laughs> you just got a, a brand new vintage Mustang, and your teenager has borrowed it for their first date. <laughs> He's saying no. <laughs> they were showing off in the parking lot doing donuts, and they hit a light post. Are you disowning them? <laughs> think long and hard. Think long and hard. Disown might be a little harsh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, fellas. I really appreciate that. And for those of you who are wondering why I did that. I have had the opportunity to watch each of these men be fathers, and I know that they're good fathers. And despite the little bit of fun that we had there, I wanted to point out that this is how how God is to us. In Matthew seven nine to eleven, Jesus says, "Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food a plate of rocks instead?" Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask Him? Yeah, so I'm done. No, I'm I'm not actually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and you thought you were getting out early. Because I want to talk to you about the people who had no father, or who maybe had a bad father, someone who's hurt them or created hurts in them, and those hurts created expectations of who Father God is, and that was me. When I thought of who Father God was, I thought of. A big scary person with his finger out, because he knew everything I could ever do wrong, and he was just waiting to give me a punishment for it. He had those punishments planned out. So if I went to him, I was like crawling on my face, ashamed to even raise my head. Luckily, I will try to get through this without crying. I'm no promises. God is too good to leave any one of us believing that about Him. And for me, he gave me a vision. And in the vision, I was sitting on Father God's knee, and across from me was Jesus, and he was smiling at me. And Father had his arm around me, and he was holding me close to his chest. And I had my head leaned up against his heart, and I could hear his heart beating, and I could hear his voice as it thundered in his chest, and he said. Daughter, I'm so happy to see you. I've been waiting so long for you to come and talk to me. And this is a little odd because visions come like downloaded, boom, all in your head at once. But as I unpacked it, I realized that I was in heaven's throne room, 
and that there were saints and angels and they were waiting for me because God was giving me his undivided attention. Now, how many of you know that the Bible always backs up a vision with truth? So I went looking. Hebrews 4.16 Therefore let us, with privilege, approach the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in times of need an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. So some of you are probably thinking, yeah, that's good for her. I mean, she gets visions. Obviously, God loves her. But I want to tell you, that's a lie. This was the design from day one. And we find that in Ephesians 3, 11, and 12. This is in accordance with the terms of the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. That is, our faith gives us sufficient courage, courage to freely and openly approach God through Christ. So in closing, I just want to reiterate to you who Father God is to me, what his heart, who my Papa is to me. He's someone who wants me to go sit down with him and he wants the same with you. He is always, always ready to spend time with us and he will stop everything and give you his undivided attention while he does that. He will look for ways to bless you because he thinks that's fun. And he laughs often, but not at us. And he forgives easily. And that is probably well past my 10 minutes. Thank you, everyone. So good. I'm so proud of you guys, honestly. Just sitting, you listen to the revelation come out of your heart. I think what is even more encouraging and beautiful to watch is the love that they have for God and their desire to go deeper in relationship with him and their desire to know him more. So wonderful, you guys. Thank you. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.